There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. Good day, everyone. Today's episode will be about um, security or cyber security architecture and more precisely cloud cyber security architecture. Cyber security architecture is the practice of planning strategical cyber security measures for the organization to adapt within its operation and process. Security architects create methodical ways to guide the organization to the most effective cybersecurity measures and identifies where they will provide the most benefit, when they should be implemented, who they will provide the most value to, and why the organization should pick one over the other. It can help us know whether the controls we have in place are effective as they were intended to or not. It is a bridge or a communicating tools to a futuristic better state at every layer of technology process and people. Always remember architecture is not a framework, but rather the end result of a framework. Security cannot be an add-on. It has to be integrated in every aspect of the solution. Otherwise, it will just be a waste of time trying to secure a solution. To design and build a secure environment, always think red and act blue. As a security architect, you must truly understand the business requirements and regulatory threat and asset landscape. There are three primary security architects, enterprise security architect for strategy and program management, solution security architect for project focus, and engineer uh, or security engineering for technical architecture. Now, I've seen a lot of high-end uh, training focusing on cyber architecture uh, certification, and what they are is a very high-end security engineering. That's not the case. I don't want to go through the SAPSA and the TOGAF and the OSA and ZACMAN, all these frameworks, as it it's won't be productive of what we want to do today. What I did is I chose one cloud provider, and in this case, it is Microsoft Asia. And I chose a security strategy, which is the best to be followed and apply a cybersecurity architecture, which is uh, defense in depth. And we'll go through all these stages in strategy, operation, tactical, and implement step-by-step -step how we need and what we need to protect uh, at every stage and what controls will work for us at every step of that. Just as well, want to be clear because over the years I've read so many definitions of cybersecurity and what is a cybersecurity, and most of them are very, very wacky. Just to be clear, when we say cybersecurity here, I will be using uh, that according to NIST, the National Institute of Standard and Technology. It is a very clear, straightforward definition, which is the prevention of damage, protection of, and restoration of computers and or any electronic devices to ensure its availability, integrity, authentication, confidentiality, and non-repudiation. The process of protecting information by preventing, detecting, and responding to attacks. As simple and clear as that. This is what we mean by cybersecurity. I don't want to go to other really strange, weird definitions of how everyone understands it. That's what we will be focusing on here. 
Now with the defense in-depth security strategy, one of the primary strategies for protecting any organization that uses hybrid infrastructure is through defense in-depth. This would address all areas of the cyber kill chain. Now moving on to explain what are the layers of this defense in-depth or layered security strategy, starting at its core in data, moving to applications, compute, which is the devices, uh, virtual uh, machines, network security, perimeter security, identity and access, and at the end is the physical security. Each of these levels of defenses is important since attackers look for various entry point into your environment. Now, starting from the end or out in, which is the physical security, which is, we mean here, the data centers, server rooms, and any physical uh, security staff, the building location, its surrounding, the guest access to this location. So you see physical security is not only fans and light and camera. It is a combination of many, many things. It is all about creating redundancy and resilience in the mentioned systems that what you need to do in this type of um, this layer. When you use Microsoft Cloud services, it is Microsoft's responsibility to secure this physical layer. Now, we will be using, in this example, Asia, but I'll be mapping the same to uh, AWS just to make it as easy as possible and to show you that what we're discussing here, although it is focusing on one solution or provider, but it can work to any other cloud provider that you have. Now, the identity and access. Since the provider is responsible for the physical control within a cloud service, if you're using it, identity and access become the first line of defense for a customer that can configure. Hence, we have the term identity is the new parameter. Since if you're a cloud uh, user, the cloud provider will be responsible for the physical uh, security and your first responsibility will be identity. Using MFA conditional access policies and Azure AD identity protection, uh, what Microsoft as well included is the intra, which is Azure AD identity and access plus the cloud Knox or governance. The equivalent of what we have, for example, in uh, AWS is uh, AWS IAM, uh, which is the successor of AWS SSO. AWS Directory Service, which manage Microsoft Active Directory, AWS Resource Access Management, AWS Cognito, and for governance, AWS Audit Manager. The fifth one, the perimeter security. Within the hybrid, the focus is different on the perimeter. It is the user or the company responsibility to have proper configured firewalls, IDS, IPS. Uh, cloud providers have certain agreements with the ISPs to terminate connection between the user and the cloud environment. So it becomes more virtual and not physical uh, in, in that perimeter security when you're using a hybrid solution. Uh, MS provides uh, free basic DDoS protection. You can include application gateways and WAF, web application firewall to enhance your protection there or upgrade as well to what uh, Asia has or label as standard DDoS protection, which is a more beefed up protection against DDoS. It is Microsoft's uh, interest to protect you against DDoS because that might affect 
you know, a, a lot of other tenants uh, there as well. So they provide basic DDoS protection. AWS have uh, AWS Shield, AWS WAF, AWS Firewall Manager. So you can see the solutions are just different labels of uh, what we're trying to achieve here. In the network security, the perimeter and network layer works closely with one another. Perimeter handle the internet traffic that is entering the tenant. Uh, network security controls how the traffic is routed internally. Having proper segmentation help protect from easily laterally moving. Uh, VLAN configured to block network between segments. Cloud has what they have is the VNAT to accomplish the same network segmentation. Uh, network security groups, application security groups, as well, the equivalent in AWS is uh, AWS Network Firewall, AWS Shield, AWS ACL, and Amazon Route 53, which is the DNS firewall. Now compute. Uh, this is the device, and I'll go drill down to the uh, simplest uh, form of that, which is Windows and Linux. Hardening a, a hypervisor, for example, in your on-prem, if you have a hybrid, and patching it and providing all the updates and making sure the access to this hypervisor is secure. Or in the cloud, you have the Cloud Asia App Services or Asia Functions. Patch VMs and encrypt with Asia Disk Encryption. Don't expose ports that shouldn't be to the internet, such as the famous 3389, the RDP for Windows and SSH for 22 in Linux. Asia can remove public IP addresses via network security group, if you want to use that, or using as well a Bastion host, utilizing just in time for VM access as well. Uh, AWS equivalent is Amazon uh, VPC security group, uh, AWS config, Amazon inspector, Amazon uh, Guard Duty or CloudWatch. So you see as well the, the solutions. Now with application protection of uh, cross-site scripting using WAF, utilizing TLS, which is the transport layer security protocols, make sure there are no open management ports or APIs at all. What you can use here is uh, the Microsoft Defender for cloud apps, which is the Caspi solution from Microsoft, uh, combined with Microsoft Defender for cloud and Azure front door WAF. As well in um, AWS, you have the AWS WAF Shield, AWS Verified Access. So that's what you can do. And now the end one in data, it's always at the center of any defense in depth security posture, encryption at rest in transit and process, masking sensitive data, know where your sensitive data is stored so you can protect it. Microsoft's encryption for data at rest is the storage service encryption, which is by default as well for the storage. And you can use as well transparent data encryption, TDE for database. Maintaining a proper security posture across all the defense in-depth layers is the best way to provide uh, protection and to base your architecture of making sure there's controls at every layer of and uh, step there. As well, uh, utilize and use Asia Key Vault should be in place for proper rotation of secrets, keys, and certifications. And that will be as well separation of duties. It will help in so many things to secure your uh, keys and secrets in the cloud. Moving on a little bit about the security operations here, and I won't go through what is a red team, the offensive, blue team, defensive, yellow team, which is the developers. 
working with the blue team to provide solution. This is where we have secure by design, for example, when you have the developers work with your blue team to provide this level of security. Now with the purple teams, um, I will give a little bit more explanation here because I've seen a lot of different understanding of what is a blue team or what is a sorry a purple team and sometimes i've been asked to to build some purple teams for people who didn't know exactly what they were asking so a purple team is or, or it is a team that focus on the methodology around the security architecture and protection the purple team works closely with the red and blue teams to maximize the security capability Purple team relies on continuous feedback and lesson learned from red and blue teams to improve effectiveness to, in controls in place for vulnerability assessment, threat hunting and detection, and network monitoring. So now what we've done is we went through every layer of the defense in-depth strategy and applied controls. And this is what a good cybersecurity architecture should be doing to make sure that there are controls at every single step of the way. So in this example, it's good exercise to, to use and to measure your architecture and how it's going. Now we mentioned the cyber attack chain. I just want to go through it fast, which is the reconnaissance intrusion, exploitation, privilege escalation, lateral movement, denial of service and exfiltration. So this is the, the time frame of uh, a cyber attack. Now we've been, as they say, working our way through to reach that point of what we want as well to discuss, a main pillar of what we want to discuss today, which is the principle of zero trust methodology. This address the internal threat issue and move from the trust but verify old method to never trust always verify whenever a ship and a navy go into a combat mode they apply what they call the zebra conditions which is close all hatches and lock all doors and this is exactly what a zero trust methodology is all about plugging and patching all holes in your defense it has three main principles that relies on, and I want to explain it as simple as possible, because if you understand it this way, you will never forget what is a zero trust from now on. So these three principles are the signals, decisions, enforcement. Signal is from a user, device, any signal happening in your environment to make an informed decision. Now, the decisions are based on your organization's policy that you have. You have a conditional access if uh, there's a strange IP used to block that device and block access, for example or enforce another two-factor authentication on that session. So there's a lot of decisions that you can apply uh, and these decisions are not generic. They depend on certain signals that are gathered and the decisions will be based on that. And then you have the enforcement of the policy across your resources. So you have three principles when applied will create and give you a zero trust uh, architect. The zero trust module goes much further than simple identity and access. It is the network, the device, applications, infrastructure, and data within the module. And that combines with the defense in-depth strategy will give you a really secure, good architecture. Now we've been talking about all these controls and how to apply uh, solutions at every step. Uh, we want to talk about the internal threats and risks, which is usually caused by users, IT officers and developers. We start by the shadow IT, which is a very big problem in any 
uh, environment of saying the shadow IT how can you fix it there's what we call the shadow IT prevention life cycle which is a three-phase uh, cycle phase one which is discover and identify phase two evaluate and analyze and phase three manage and monitor so you have first of all to discover your shadow IT identify the risk levels of your applications evaluate the, your compliance analyze the usage and who's using it when and how manage your cloud app and continuously monitor now microsoft casp solution or the casp solution which is the cloud access security broker uh, microsoft has the uh, microsoft defender for cloud app mdca that's the solution it is a very very solid solution that um, have a lot of uh, offering included uh, conditional access for applications uh, discovery it is a very good uh, solution integrated with microsoft defender makes it very very powerful so moving on as well with the shadow IT, there's the patch vulnerability as well. I need to remind you here, that's all internal threats here. Now, elevated privilege, this is internal and external. Developer backdoors, that is an internal threat. Usually developers working on application, they have certain paths and accesses to access and develop this application easily. And sometimes these things get forgotten when pushed to um, production so always have the application very well tested and as well apply the secure by design that we spoke about before in your architect to prevent the things from happening as well the internal and external threats this one is the data exposure perimeter threats open ports unencrypted traffic always remember that internal threats can easily become external vulnerabilities now with the external threats and risk, you have denial of service or distributed denial of service DDoS that flood your ISP with requests or unfinished requests. Brute force attacks. This is trying to guess your password. It used to be very popular. Software vulnerabilities. I will use here an example, zero days, and I'll provide as well a little bit inside of the vulnerability exploit lifecycle which is a six part, three are uh, labeled as pre-disclosed risk and three is the after the post-disclosure risk. So what we have is the creation, discovery and exploit availability. And this is a timeline. So imagine that's a timeline. You have three sections, which is creation, discovery, and exploit availability. And this is what we call the zero day. Now you have the timeline where it cuts there, which is the disclosure of that zero day. Now it is known. You have the vendor patch and the patch installed. When the patch is installed or when the disclosure has happened, now it is called or labeled as an end day or one day vulnerability because there's a patch you have to apply the patch and and move on so this is how or what we label as the vulnerability exploit lifecycle moving on with external threats and risk uh, you have as well uh, identity spoofing ip spoofing mac spoofing you have injection attack sql database as well or any kind of injection uh, you have the cross site scripting for your web servers and sometimes that's combined with the sql injection as well for your database taking advantage of your web and your database at the same time now it won't be complete if we go through all that and we don't mention the microsoft cybersecurity reference architecture mcra 
which identify the integration points in an architecture used by Microsoft. And I'll tell you a little secret here that can be applied to AWS and Google. Um, cybersecurity architect will provide the development and design of a security strategy and translate this strategy to the business leaders to provide direction on how it integrates between cloud and uh, a hybrid tenant. So it is a cybersecurity architect, uh, architecture duty to understand, for example, something like a reference, we call it the Microsoft cybersecurity reference architecture and understand on the different part what the business is and what the business requirements are and apply these strategies that will work and provide uh, these solutions. MCRA is a reference architecture diagram and cannot cover every single scenario under the sun here. So what can it provide to us? It could be used as a starting point for a design. It could be used to learn the capabilities regarding security compliance and identity. And as well, it could be used as a comparison with the current security architecture in place. So it can be a driving force for us to start creating our uh, security architecture, use this as our blueprint. Very, very useful. Uh, MCRA components, um, they are set of diagrams and templates that will be assisting us understanding and planning the cybersecurity architecture integration with Microsoft. And as I said, it will work for other uh, providers as well. The MCRA topics, I will mention capabilities, zero trust user access, secure access, service edge, SASE, Asia native controls, people, technology and processes, security operations, attack chain coverage, you name it. You see the topic are very, very spread. So the coverage here is really, really good. Uh, it is a very, very useful reference. I applaud you to go uh, to Microsoft website and search for these diagrams and download them. They will be so uh, useful for you. When we say capabilities and the topics, um, what is that is uh, Microsoft has the security compliance identity architecture for monitoring, managing, operating, and securing uh, your environment. People are the most important asset. As a cybersecurity architecture, it's not only, only providing solutions and designing diagrams, but you should design an architecture to protect people from threats. That should be your priority. Now with the zero trust concept of requiring constant verification via signal decision enforcement that we mentioned and implementing least privilege and always assume breach. This is a key one. Attack chain coverage that we mentioned as well address, uh, address previously within the defense in depth and how it covers the, uh, these attacks. Some solution from Microsoft for that would be the Microsoft Defender, for example, or Microsoft Insider Risk Management, Microsoft Sentinel. They all do uh, the same. Sentinel is the key solution or the same solution that you really do need in your environment. Now, security operations as well here, this is the combination of the same security information and event management and so security operation and automated response. As well, he will see the Microsoft Sentinel uh, that will build a strong foundation for your SOC. Building a SOC operation, uh, it is based on, for Asia, for Microsoft will be based on Sentinel. 
Now the Secure Access Service Edge, SASE, these capabilities are from the Asia native control supporting multiple cloud and cross platform for IOTs and operational technologies, providing secure solution. So SASE will utilize and include zero trust to harden endpoint access in your organization architecture. Microsoft has uh, developed what is known as RAMP, R-A-M-P, Rapid Modernization Plan with the uh, MCRA reference that can be used as a foundation for designing a zero trust architecture. So they created a fast lane for you to go and see how you can implement a zero trust architecture for your environment using the MCRA uh, reference. That's that's very, very helpful from Microsoft uh, uh, to include and to do that. And actually as well, all component of the MCRA uh, help in creating the zero trust architecture. Now translating business goals into the security requirement, as we mentioned before, a proper um, or a seasoned cybersecurity architect should always base their architecture, understanding the business, understanding the requirement carefully and using these blueprints and the defense in depth strategy and start to apply controls and having a proper risk analysis that should be done to understand the threats uh, and identify proper security controls and to better understand the business impact. So this is uh, very important to understand that risk and uh, the business impact on that. And when we say risk, always remember that risk is equal to vulnerability plus threat plus asset. And understanding on having financial value on these controls as well, where you start looking into the exposure factor, single loss expectancy, annual rate of occurrence, annual rate of expectancy as well. Uh, just to give you a quick example, you have a website. This website goes down two hours every month. Every hour going down, that will cost you 5000 for example. So every month you are, uh, that is costing you $10,000 of loss. Now you have a solution that you can apply, a control that you can apply and to prevent these two hour down on your website. And that will cost you $20,000. Business-wise, that control isn't applicable because the cost of this control every month is 20000 and the loss of this risk is 10000 So you don't apply this control in this case. So this is where you have to as well have the business impact uh, with the risk. It is important to align the business goals to security requirement, and that should never be underestimated. Uh, designing security for a resilience strategy. Not everything in cybersecurity involved in protecting against a threat and a vulnerability. A strong security architecture is having resilience within the design. This is done within the network, compute, and storage uh, within the architecture, creating a level of business continuity to your organization. And here I want to mention as well the NIST SP800-160 Volume 1 and Volume 2. Volume 1 is about uh, secure engineering. Volume 2 is about the uh, resilience in, in design. Very important documents to download as well and have them as your reference if you're building anything. Uh, they are really, really detailed documents for engineering and resilience in cybersecurity. Now, the virtual networking or the network side of that, it is all about segmentation, redundancy, while creating a geographic separation, creating a barrier between the network or and any threat actor. 
the compute resiliency is redundancy load balancing with servers and VM in different geographic areas, as well Asia provide uh, Asia backup and Asia site recovery. Very important to use the backup and resilience in Asia SQL database and Cosmos database. They have the backup and resilience capabilities baked in, built into them uh, already. So this is a very good option to use there. With the storage resilience, to avoid data loss from an attack, uh, Asia storage account provided geographic resilience already, but that's not enough. You have, should have a backup storage account and utilize services such as Asia Key Vault to protect your uh, storage keys and secrets. Enable soft delete functionality to avoid accidental or even intentional deletion of files and folders using Microsoft DLP, data loss prevention, Microsoft purview on Asia storage. So that will bring us here to an end of understanding all the step of applying a proper cybersecurity architecture, mentioning all the important points. If you use this on their own um, that or understand these concepts, that will be a good, excellent starting point uh, to move from now. There is something I want to mention. Uh, I do understand and acknowledge that in the cybersecurity culture, there's a lot of negativity in the industry in general, and that's fine. Uh, but when this negativity comes and become toxic, when I see established security people uh, really becoming or doing ad hominem attack and character attack on others, belittling other people. If you are a new person starting in cybersecurity, just don't enable that or these behaviors, don't support them. Isolate yourself, work on your self-development, work on yourself, go out of your comfort zone. And this is how you grow. This is how you try new things and you discover and you learn and have new opportunities. Focus on that in your career development and your training and don't focus on the noise and the negativity of some unfortunate established people that um, all what I've been seeing uh, lately is very negative vibe. So stay in the positive vibe of that. Don't get engaged. Don't uh, go into these things and don't think that this is uh, the industry and all these people represent the industry in general. Uh, it's not, unfortunately, you know, there's racism and discrimination in everything, putting or placing laws and policies. Uh, you're not removing the discrimination or racism. You're just uh, making them institutional, uh, unfortunately. And it is a big problem with all developed countries uh, these days. I hope one day people will get more accepting, more open-minded and more forgiving and open and things will be more in, in collaborations and not uh, in isolation and what we've been seeing these days in the industry. So on that, I will finish this episode and um, wish you all the best. And uh, hopefully there will be one episode for this season and we'll take a little break and then season two will be a lot of interviews. I'll be interviewing a lot of people I look up to in the industry and we'll all learn together from these uh, quick interviews with these people. So uh, thanks for listening so far, if you listen to this part as well, and um, see you later. Rising Cyber by Chad Sally B.